We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. Dr. Nathan Unruh. Welcome back to Beyond Bricks. Got a special guest with me today. He's uh, not new to this discussion. Nathan Schock is with me. So welcome, Nathan. Glad you're here. Always good to be here. Love the discussions. Well, this discussion is going to revolve around a number, and that number is 16%. Nathan, talk to us about 16%. So according to the Gallup Global Workforce Study, just last year, 2019, 16% of employees in their global survey are what they call actively engaged in their work. 16%. Wow. Okay, so what is, let's let's I won't pull that apart. Yes. What's that mean from a dollars perspective? You thought about that at all? So fascinating. So again, okay, if 16% are dialed in, 18% are what they call actively disengaged. So these are like, you know, people who are like... I don't know. I don't even want to go to work. I hate that place. That's yeah. right. And then the other two thirds, they're just going through the motions. They're there. They're, they're not engaged, but they could be. These are, these are the ones that, you know, are in the middle that you got to figure out how to get them engaged. So if you're just an average company, that's your world. 15 to 60% engaged. 18% actively disengaged in a big mass in the middle, but the cost. So here's what Gallup did. They, they calculated the cost of a disengaged employee and said, because of higher absenteeism, lower productivity, lower profitability, impact on others in the organization, even things like safety, a disengaged employee costs you 34% of their annual salary. So if you have someone on your staff that you're paying 50 grand a year, their cost to you is $17,000 per year. That's a real cost. Okay, so these are big numbers. Huge. So, I mean, so to get these people engaged is absolutely critical. And you and I both believe you cannot create an amazing customer experience unless you have an amazing team. A team always carries the dream. Amen. So when you look at these different statistics, of the 16%, the 34%, this is a big deal. And so I, I don't know, if, I know if the listeners out here, I know this, when I have a disengaged employee, it might sound something like this. We need somebody else to do the work. We don't have enough people. Doesn't a disengaged employee come in all shapes and sizes? Yes, yeah. And a, and a, a disengaged employee is the one who is listening to the radio in the parking lot at 759 you know, waiting until, oh, I don't want to get in there till eight o'clock. Shows up like they just rolled out of bed maybe 10 minutes before. Yes. I mean, it shows up a lot of different ways. So, okay. So talking about versus talking about the negative, I think yeah. we all know what that disengaged employee looks like. Let's talk about our responsibility. Let's not complain about it. Let's create an environment to engage them. So in order to do that, we have to first, number one, make a commitment. We have to invest in the team. So when we invest in the team, we have to give them, number one, clear expectations. If they don't have clear expectations, they're going to have a hard time knowing how to engage. So speak to me for just a moment about expectations. Right. So 
early on in my management career, I wasn't great at this. So I said, hey, we need a great customer experience. Just go take care of the customer. But I didn't paint a picture of what that looks like. And so I was relying on every member of my team to have their own idea of what taking care of the customer looks like. And I had one person who worked for me who said, well, I could take care of them a lot better if they'd stop bothering me. And, and I thought, oh, so the customer's actually getting in the way of the work. How dare those customers interrupt my schedule? Seriously. <laughs> but, but I hadn't set clear expectations. Right. That was on me. Right. And so that's when I started learning a lot of this stuff, digging in and saying, okay, how do you do this? Yeah. And you have to have a way, especially if you're a growing business, if, if you're getting up there where there's a, a disconnect between you and the front lines of your employees, you have to be able to cascade that communication down. You can't just depend on, okay, if I tell it to this manager, he'll relate it to his team right, and that manager will do it the same way. You have to have a consistent communication to, to set these clear expectations. Okay, so let's talk about that. Engagement. We would like to talk about engagement with the C word culture. Same thing, yes. right? We want yep. a culture of engagement. We want everybody on the team with the rows in the water, rowing the same direction because we believe 16% of engagement is not going to create the impact or the business that we desire. So the number one thing, we're going to cover a few T's here. We're going to call them the T's. The number one T here to get engagement, to meet expectations and set expectation is what? It's training. Okay. How great the training word. Here they go again. They're going to talk about training. We know this. Training is not something you did. It's something you do. That's right. Why wouldn't people want to train? Well, let's say, let's say, it's, a, um, let's say it's a basketball team and 16% of the team shows up to practice. How's that going to go? I mean, why do we train? Because now that's our consistent way to get everybody on the same page, to have clear expectations, to be in a, a situation of continuous improvement, to, to be the kind of person that people actually want to be around. And even if you've done the same training, I, I talked to some people, I've already done that. Well, I've already shot a free throw one time. I never have to shoot it again. And I made it. And I made it. I'm done. I know how to shoot free throws. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way in anything in life. Why do we think it works that way in our business? So again, great training, great business development comes to four things. Great content, content that we know has the, 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 the premises of great competency, great culture, and customer experience that creates the results we want. Number two, you got to have repetition. No different than a Navy SEAL, no different than a great athlete. you got to repeat, 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 repeat. Tony Robbins says, repetition is the mother of skill. Mm -hmm. The third thing is practice and role play. It's always amazing. Like for, with our phone training, we go through the training, but then all of a sudden you have somebody go take a live call and it's like they just completely forgot it all. That's the importance of role playing, repeating it. And then lastly, track, measure, and monitor it. I know this. I want to know who's not engaged. I want to know about not the 16%. I want to know about everybody else. Because yep. you know what? If I can track that and I know they're not going to train, I know they're not going to do the work, guess what? I know they're not going to work for me. Right. Because that's not going to get to the level of engagement and the impact that we need. Yeah. So number one, training. Yep. I don't want to beat yep. that one up too. Number two, 
number two, this, this is also part of clear expectations is transparency is we have to let our team know what they're supposed to do. And this is, it, it touches on training, but maybe also speak to the other part of transparency. What, what, what we're really after here. Well, setting clear expectations. Yes. And I think we do that by a tactical item is that some people call it job scorecards. Some people call it um, KPIs. KPIs. Let's make it crystal clear what success looks like. We can't assume they, they know. That's how we have to be transparent. We also have to be transparent in how we're feeling when things aren't going well. We have to create that culture that, hey, I'm going to call you on the code of honor that we like to refer to, which is nothing more than, hey, this is how we expect to behave. Transparency on this is our vision. This is our mission. These are our code of our, our values, mm-hmm. our value statements. This is the code of honor, how we're going to protect it. Here's the accountability ladder. We have to have transparency around this is how we do it. Right. This isn't a suggestion. That's right. This is how we do it. Yeah. Now let's talk about another T because there are the managers out there, right? That know they want to do this. They know it's a problem, but they need a tool. Well, we created the tool for you. It's the team improvement rewards program. And so if you, if you want that ability to create an ideal team player, someone who is not actively disengaged, but just kind of going through the motions and could be engaged if they're met in the right way. That's the tool we've created for you. And maybe just talk about TERP. TERP is a program. One of the things that we found over the years is that everybody hates, when I say everyone, it's two people, the employer and the employee, is these annual reviews. Because we come into these annual reviews and we say, as the employer, I, they're expecting a raise, but yet I can't give a raise because the business didn't grow or the department didn't grow. The employee's thinking I'm expecting a raise. So it creates this, this environment that's not really that conducive for, for growth or comfort. Right. And if they're not getting a raise, are they paying attention to the review? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so just by having a review, you get a raise. Just by tenure, you get a raise. No. So we said, you know, how do you earn your raise. Well, if we truly believe in this idea of the team carries the dream and we have to invest in the team, and if a team member becomes more valuable, valuable in the way that it understands how to strengthen the culture and upholds to the culture, never stops learning, dedicated to training, dedicated to the ability to improve their competencies and how to execute a better customer experience, and they do the resources to do those things, They've earned themselves a raise. And hence, that's what we've designed. Yep. The TERP program has been designed with the resources to make the human being a better human being because we believe organizations don't grow, people grow. So what's the pushback by some people? I got to read a book. I mean, I'm so busy. I have, I'm at work from eight to five and I've got family and really, I mean, do I, do I, I have to read books now? Okay, so let's boil it down. You don't have to read anything. You don't have to listen to anything. You also don't have to work here anymore. Now, people say, Dr. Runner, that's a little harsh. Guys, are we committed to this or not? Are you committed to a better organization? The only, I want to know the people that don't want to do it. Now, if their competencies are, are, are good enough, maybe I still keep them on the team and they don't do it. My opinion is, if they're not willing to grow, I want to know that ASAP. Because I'll find somebody who can Right. wants to. Yeah. The other thing I love to point out is, and I know you know this number, 
How many books does the average CEO read in a year? 62, right? 62. So do you think CEOs are busier or less busy? Right. And again, busy, busy, busy. I'm so busy being busy. It's 168 hours every week we all have. How can some do it and some can't? I like what David Goggins says. There's 168 hours in the week and you're complaining about a 40-hour work week? Right, 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 right. And here's, here's the reality of the turf. If we boil down the time, it's 15 minutes a week. If you listen to a book on your drive to work and home, you would finish it. Don't even have to read it. You can listen to it. There you go. Easy. You fill it out. And here's the other best part about the turf. That gives you your opportunity to sit in front of your supervisor or the, your, the owner or whoever you're meeting with on your turf every single month to say how it's affected you personally, how it's going to change in the, in the, in the, how you're going to conduct yourself at, at work and to listen to your concerns. That's how we grow people. So that's turf. Right. And now you're investing what you just talked about there. Yeah. So we've gone through the turf training and transparency. That's right. And they're investing what you just talked about there. They're investing their time. Right. Because we know that time is the currency of experiences. Totally. So if they invest their time in those three T's, TERP, training, and transparency, they get? A transformation. Transformation. Transformation as a human being, transformation in the overall experience that they deliver, and that's what transforms an organization. That's what we want to drive home today. And I want to leave with this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to commit to TERP. You don't have to commit to training. You don't even have to commit to transparency. But the only reason you wouldn't, in my opinion, is because E-G-O, ego. You think you know it all. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah. Very dangerous. So if that's you, it's okay. I think we've all been there. We've all done that or all thought that way. Go read Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy. That's what you need to do is get your mindset right first. So if they don't do this too, what ends up happening to those people in an organization that buck this, that fight this? I don't want to read a book. I don't want to listen to a book. I don't want to train. I Just leave me alone in my little corner. I don't need you to be transparent. I know what I'm doing. I don't want to invest the time. If we allow those people to stay on the team, what could happen? You are essentially saying that's okay. And now the danger is that becomes the new norm for the organization. There's been studies that show it only takes three to 5% of an organization to shift the entire culture. So if you're not intentionally shifting toward the 15%, the 18% are going to take over and you're going to, your, your organization is going to drift towards disengagement. Wow. Dan, thanks for being here. This is great stuff. Again, Lots of nuggets in here. I'd go listen to it again. Look at your own organization. Look at your own mindset. But here it is. Training, TERP, Team Improvement Rewards Program. Transparency creates the transformation. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to invest the time. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.